Hey everybody, welcome to the All Things Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Zachary Cummings and I'm joined today with my co-host Connor Shoup. What's up, Connor? What's up, friends? Zach, my friend, how are you, brother? I'm doing well. Ministry's going well. We had a great night last night. How are you doing? Man, I am good. I am currently 16 days away from being married, so I'm pretty hyped, you could say. You're doing well. Are you uh, in the in the crazy busy schedule or stage of that or are you guys it's, it's pretty busy um it's not terrible though um yeah it's been we have a good people supporting us being around us so i mean we're both we're both just excited to get married so yeah we're, i'm just i'm just pumped man it's awesome that'd be yeah. so good yeah, man. that's awesome and exciting and what else is exciting today another thing that's exciting is we are joined with a special guest uh yes yes Cue the, cue the yeah, <laughs> we're joined by the one and only Kenny Hackbarth, who serves as my campus pastor. So he's he's the man. I have to be biased towards that, but truly he is the man. I'm so glad to to have him on the on the podcast today. So uh, not Connor, but Kenny, how are you? <laughs> doing great, guys. How are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. It's so good, man. So Kenny, Kenny, we're pumped to have you here, man. I really appreciate you taking the time for us. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity, guys. I'm really excited. So fun. So fun. Man, uh, Kenny, brother, um, man, if you could just maybe like three seconds tell us about who you are, what you're passionate about, and, you know, just why you love being the campus pastor at the chapel. Your, your whole life, your whole life story. Seconds. In three seconds. One, two, three. three. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, originally I'm from Kenosha, Wisconsin. I'm married to Katie, and uh, we have three boys. And uh, I love my family. They're awesome. And they're very much a part of like my ministry, our ministry. I really think it's a shared ministry, honestly, between all of us. And uh, I started off as a worship pastor and uh, then eventually became an executive pastor. And that's how I got interested and developed in, you know, leading staff. So Mm. then I took a dive into uh, becoming a campus pastor and I absolutely love it. Um, My, my, Number one passion is developing leaders. Uh, so I was able to do that in worship ministry, but that was kind of, you know, how I ended up where I'm at today. I never, when I started in ministry, I never imagined that I'd ever be a campus pastor, an executive pastor, anything like that. It, it was just never, you know, something I thought about. So I, I feel very privileged to, to be where I'm at today. That's so awesome. I love that. Yeah, thanks um, some of our listeners might not be aware, uh, like familiar with multi-site uh, churches. Yeah. Would you be able to explain to them uh, like what a campus pastor is? Yeah, definitely. So the context for us, we're at the chapel and uh, the chapel is a multi-site that has 10 different campuses. And we have a senior pastor that oversees all of the individual campus pastors and the campus pastors lead each campus. So there's one over each campus. Um, so it's kind of it, like every model is a little bit different, but for us, we get a tremendous amount of flexibility to be able to lead our campuses. Uh, there's, we have a very high trust environment where pastor Scott, my senior pastor, um, he really allows me to lead. And I'm, I'm just so grateful for that. And the non-negotiable comes down to more of like the overall vision of the church, which is revival. Uh, We want to fuel revival, but uh, then some of the specifics, like how are we going to impact our community? You know, how are we going to uh, make a difference in the lives of the people coming each weekend? You know, what color are we going to paint the wall? Like that kind of stuff. There's a lot more flexibility in in those things. And um, so 
you know, from my vantage point, I see multi-site as a, as a way to really position people to be in their sweet spot and to be serving in the gifts that God has given them and then have other people uh, jump in and help with what they're gifted at. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, So today's conversation is, is we're kind of going to be looking at like, since you're a pastor, you know, of our campus um, or, you know, you're the head pastor, quote unquote, of, you know, this campus um, for, for other contexts, for other contexts, for youth pastors who who work under a head pastor, um, kind of one of the big things that we're going on is is what are expectations, hopes, dreams? Um, like if you know if you're building your team, you know what is a what is a student pastor like? What attributes, what characteristics, a student pastor are you looking for? And and so yeah. so I w- I would love just to kick off the conversation by by you sharing like what are some of your goals or dreams um, and hopes that you would have for a student ministry, whether you're at the chapel or whether you're at a church in um, South Carolina or Alaska, like wherever you are, what, yeah. what would be your hopes and dreams for, for a student ministry at your church? Yeah, I think I have a couple that right off the top of my head, like the first one um, would be really partnering with the overall vision of the church. I think sometimes what can happen, especially in like next gen ministries, you can get really siloed and just sort of see your ministry, your budget, your plans. And, you know, that's where you focus your attention on. But I think really what I'm looking for in a student ministry is, um, you know, a leader and a ministry that wants to partner uh, through the entire life of the child to student to young adult to adulthood to really be part of that handoff. Right. Because. Uh, everyone that's in our care is only in our care for a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that, uh, we really want to think about the season they're in our care, but also what is their next step and how can we help partner with other leaders to ensure that they don't just fall through the cracks? Because mm-hmm. I think that happens so often where you're very strategic um, in the, the time you have, you know, with your student, but then what's next? You got to think about what's next. So mm-hmm. I think partnering with the overall vision of the church um, I think also leading the way in serving and humility. I think there's something special about students, um, especially like on a weekend, uh, worshiping in front of the adults and sort of setting the tone. I mean, ideally, it'd be great if adults set the tone for that. Uh, but often you see, like, especially when it comes to movements, students leading the way because uh, they have a lot of times a lot of less baggage and years of um sort of cycles and ways of doing things. So they're a lot more open to the change that God has sort of initiated in their hearts. So I think leading the way in serving and humility is a huge one. And then also um, I think a student ministry, a healthy student ministry, it's really gonna seek to reach out into the community where these students are already plugged in, already have networks built in. You don't have to build a whole new system, uh, you're really working through your students to reach uh, their community, their schools, where they're at. And then as those students come to church or as they are in a small group or uh, they're willing to meet maybe in like a third space outside of church and school, um, it's shepherding each of those students and really um, sharing value with them and and pouring into each one. So That's so good. Okay, thank you so much for sharing. That's, if you're listening to this, yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's so encouraging because I feel like sometimes the youth ministry could feel almost like a separate mini church within the church. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, 
and I appreciate that because I feel like it is important. But hey, listen, we are a team doing this together. And mm-hmm. sometimes I know, like, I talk to youth guys and they've been like, man, I feel like I'm on, on an island out here. Or so, uh, so I think it's just important just to, as I said, have the relationship with, the, with your leader and to be like, hey, let's, what's the way we can do this together and be involved yeah. in your mornings and Sunday nights or Wednesday nights, whatever it looks like. So, yeah, kids, just for saying that. Yeah. Yeah, that's super good. How would you um, – <clears throat> so what What are some practical things to to make sure it doesn't get siloed? Like how how can a student ministry, if, if you're a volunteer or a student pastor, how do you – what is the easiest way to, to come alongside that and to try to, to make sure it doesn't get siloed? Yeah, I think, you know, almost everything starts in the heart, right? Mm-hmm. So I think you have to really guard your heart. Uh, you can even see this in multi-site, you know, where people can uh, begin to get siloed from a campus to, you know, another campus or a campus to like the, the larger campus and you have to guard your heart. So I think everything sort of starts um, in your heart. Um, so I think that's number one, like mm-hmm. just knowing like, okay, this ministry, um, I am steward- stewarding it for a season. I won't always probably be the pastor of this ministry. So I really want to um, be life-giving to the people around me, the people I'm working with. Um, I think a very practical step, though, is to look around and see what other ministries are around you, see what other leaders are around you, and ask yourself, you know, how can I add value to their ministry? Is there something that I could do that would help maybe alleviate um, their workload or make their life better or um, do something that wouldn't necessarily fit your job description, but would be a way to bless, you know, another leader. And I think that immediately uh, breaks down walls. You know, I, I encourage our staff, um, you know, with other campuses to take other, you know, leaders out for coffee from other campuses. There doesn't have to be a strategic reason. Like you don't always have to have a specific thing that you need to fix and talk about. Sometimes it's simply just, okay, I want to bless them. Maybe I'm going to take them out for lunch. Maybe I'm going to send them a gift card just to say, hey, I know you're, you probably have a lot going on during Christmas season. I just want you and your wife to have the best date night ever. And mm-hmm. just that, you know? And I think that those are ways to really uh, to, to do things as a team and to invest into other ministries. And I think that builds trust over time. Uh, and that really helps uh, lowering those walls that create silos. Mm, that's so good. Do they keep assuring that, man? It's so wise. <laughs> so wise. Yeah. Um, and then kind of to go on the same note, um, what are some kind of like this, what, when you're looking for a student pastor, somebody to be a ball student ministry, what are some kind of like attributes or even characteristics that you would be looking for um, mm-hmm. in that role? Yeah, I think humility uh, is one of the biggest ones. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know, I, I think a, a lot of times, especially, you know, as young leaders, I'm a young leader too. Um, we go into things and we feel like we have to have all the answers. We have to, to know everything. And one of the ways to lead is to be the first one to speak. And I think a really wise student pastor is going to, you know, study a lot, have a lot of the answers kind of that they're working through. But then when they get in a room with a, another leader, they're going to be asking questions. And I think a lot of times it feels like, well, I'm not probably a good leader if I'm asking a lot of questions. But really, it's a it's a wise thing to do because you are adding to your knowledge base with every answer you get from that person. 
you know, you can learn something from somebody who knows less than you. And I think sometimes we think that's not possible, but the truth is it is. And I think, so humility would definitely be one of the biggest ones. I think another one is a desire to grow in gifts and abilities. I, I really want somebody, you know, on my team who wants to grow in their gifts and abilities that has a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. You know, a fixed mindset says, I am the way I am and I can never change. You know, this is where we're at. This is, we're sort of stuck, you know, and there, there's really a limiting factor. And a growth mindset says, well, I am where I am today, but I can grow and, and be a little bit different tomorrow, you know, and just changing a little bit each day, adding a little bit more, growing a little bit more. Uh, I really see it's kind of like the process of growing, um, you know, in Christ. You know, Eugene Peterson says, you know, being, uh, you know, going in that same direction over time mm-hmm. versus just that one and done, like I'm sanctified today and I'm supposed to be perfect tomorrow right. uh, versus just consistently growing. So I think that's another one. <clears throat> and I think open communication. I think one of the first things I asked Zach and Zach is such an amazing staff member to have like i really do consider him a brother um so i i love hanging out with him i love spending time with him but one of the first things i asked zach i said you know i want to know what you want to do 10 years from now um not because i want to push you out but i actually want to use my resources my network my gifts to help make that possible for you um, so I've asked him just point blank, like, do you want to do this? Do you want to do this? Do you see yourself doing this? And and I also think, you know, it's perfectly fine to do student ministry the rest of your life. Sometimes there's this pressure that, you know, when you really arrive, you become a senior pastor or a lead pastor. And I just think that's uh, really the, the question is, God, where do you want me yeah. and how do you want me to serve Ooh. your church? You know, so. Um, those are a lot of the questions or things that I looked for. Uh, but I honestly think um, being able to connect with your student pastor is so huge. Being able to have honest conversations and, and just be able to um, keep a really short list between the two of you. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. Kenny, you're so wise. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah, thanks for sharing that. Oh, Kenny, that's super helpful. Um, and I think one of the things we were, we were talking about, like early on conversations that we had, and one of the the earliest conversations I remember having between us is you were you were sharing that uh, the idea of like studying a lot, and so you you were telling me like, hey, as as my student pastor, like I want you to come to me with like solutions of of mm-hmm. like, this is the way we do student ministry and stuff. Um, yep. So I've, I've really respected that because it's not you putting your input on like, hey, you need to do student ministry this way. Um, yeah. But actually like, hey, no, as a student pastor, I want you to to learn and to see like the trends in student ministry and stuff yeah. like that, which makes sense. Um, and so just that's it's been super helpful for living that out. So I would inc- I would encourage anyone listening, if you're a student pastor or um, student volunteer, or if you're a student leader, or if you're a student um, or a small group leader, whoever you are, just try to, to, to keep learning. Um, about student students and uh
how, how you can lead. And so that's, that's super good. Um, <clears throat> so Kenny, kind of a question going based off those two first questions. Uh, and we, we kind of talked about it when we were talking about ministries, you know, kind of getting siloed um, and stuff like that. But but like as a student pastor or I'm sure people that listen to to this podcast are, are volunteers or parents. Um, but as as a student pastor, what would be the best way or a couple of ways to, to really come alongside your head pastor or your senior pastor or campus pastor, whoever, whoever you're directly reporting to, who, how can you best come alongside that person? And we've, we've kind of talked about yeah. it a little bit, but um, I'd love for you to share just your thoughts. Yeah. I have some like specific and then more broad, like specifically, I think, you know, helping to shepherd the parents of the students in partnership with me. Uh, I think that's a big one. Um, I think sometimes we leave parents to the senior pastor or the lead pastor and then students to the student pastor. And I think it's okay for that to actually, those those lines to get a little bit messier. You know, there are times where I just want to hang out with a student and invest into them. Um, and I can't do that with every student, but I can certainly do it with a, a few, you know, and and I think there's definitely times where you, where you have a stronger relationship with uh, one of the student's parents because mm-hmm. of the nature of your role. Um, so I, I think when there's like hard lines where it's like, well, no, they're an adult, so stay off of that turf, like that's just unhealthy. And it it actually just doesn't make sense. The, the, the goal here is how do we really help pastor people? So if that's the goal, then I think uh, we don't have to worry about the lines mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think then being a team player with the entire staff team, um, and being involved in initiatives outside of uh, your your specific job description or ministry is huge. Um, you know, I, I think you have to, of course, like guard your your time. You know, you can't say yes to everything. You know, Zach, that's one of the things you and I have talked about. You know, you are definitely pastoral. You're definitely a shepherd, and you love like saying yes to needs and opportunities. But one of the right. things I challenge you in is saying um, no you know, to more opportunities so that you can say yes to the most important. However, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes on the flip side of that, people can completely um, say, well, that is not my job. You know, my job is not to, you know, pick up trash or move chairs, or my job is not to do that, you know. And I think um, I've I've never encountered that with you, Zach. And I think that's such a gift because I think that it takes so much to try and redirect that kind of attitude. So um, <clears throat> I think that would lead into just having a really positive attitude, being optimistic. When you see a problem, do you see a problem or do you see an opportunity that we can really look at this differently um, and see it as a, as a way for everyone to grow? Um, and then lastly, I'd say being a carrier uh, of the church's vision. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys have ever encountered this, but I've certainly encountered it where a leader will be like, well, you know, this is my leader's vision. So we kind of have to do it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like, it, it really um, is an affront to your leader's leadership and vision mm-hmm. that really, it, it breaks down an important bridge to the people that you're leading. Mm-hmm. So one of the best ways to, to counteract that is to say our vision at the chapel is this, and this is why we're going after it. And we we want you to be a part of this versus, well, his vision is this, so this is what we have to do. 
Mm-hmm. So I think being a carrier of the vision, really owning it for yourself. I want people, I actually want to give staff members and, and leaders an opportunity to decide, is this something that they can truly own for themselves or not, you know, and give them an out too. I think giving people an out, like you don't have to own this vision, but to lead uh, in this vision you do. Right. Yeah. So I would say being a carrier of the vision would be that the last one I, w- I would specifically say. Mm. That's so good, man. Kenny, dude, we so appreciate you just giving the wisdom. And guys, again, if you're listening to this, um, man, take some time re- rewind, listen to this again. Um, Kenny, you sound like you're a once in a lifetime. So appreciate you, brother. That's thanks, man. Um, incredible wise things doing life together and doing ministry together. Um, so, Kenny, before you go though, I would love to potentially hear a either embarrassing or just a good story about Zach. Have you time working with Mister Zach over there? Oh my goodness. Oh man. Um, so we've had, Zach is like a foot taller than me. Okay. He's pretty tall, but, um, we kind of look similar. Okay. So we've had so many people that will either go up to him thinking that he is me or go up to me thinking that I am him. And it's just, it's funny. Um, that's been a hilarious dynamic to, to see play out. Um, as far as embarrassing stories, Zach, I mean, he's very scareable. So I've been able to, uh, I've been able to hide around the corner a couple times and really scare him bad. Nice. And, uh, he, he screams like a little girl, but, yeah, um, nice. you know, I, uh, hey, I think hey, it's, Connor, I would it's love part to... of, part of who he is, you know? So I love it. Love Maybe it. I push back on that and say that it's actually the opposite. <laughs> And uh, there was one time I actually snuck into his office from the backside and I was waiting in his office for him to come back in. And because I heard him, I was in my office and I hear him say he has to leave in five minutes. So, of course, I wait two to three minutes. I sneak in his office. Well, he he talked to the person that was at her church for another like 10 to 15 minutes. So I'm awkwardly just standing <laughs> in his office waiting for him to come back in. But when I scared him, he did put up his fist and he was ready to fight. So he uh, I think I've won the, the scaring war. So Wow. Yeah, that's true. There's a lot of truth to that. So, but but I, I do want to say I didn't scream like a little girl. He did. He did. That, Zach, that, I don't... That's reserved for Zach. The war may not be over yet. They, there's still chances y'all can still be scared of each other. So it's not. Who knows? Oh yeah, he yeah. tries every day. <laughs> there's only so there's only so many hallways in the church, though. You know, so fun, so fun. Kenny, thank you so much, man. It's really been a pleasure and honor having you on here, brother. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Kenny, I would love to throw one last super, super, super fast question on you. It's not really a question, but uh, Connor and I are both paid staff. Um, but I, I was reading an article the other day just about the amount of uh, student pastors who are volunteer or who are part time and who are, you know, grinding at another job and then coming and trying to disciple kids. Um, and there's a lot of a lot of people who aren't getting paid at all. Uh, all of our small group leaders, of course, they're all volunteer. How would you just as we close today's episode, how would you encourage um the the small group leaders and the the student pastors you know across the states that are are volunteer that are volunteering their time how would you how would you encourage them as we as we leave today yeah i would say one of the the biggest things is you know you you can't do everything but you can do a a few things really well so you need to sit down and decide what that's going to be but then in that 
you know, sometimes people can pick up a, a martyr complex where they're like, oh, I'm doing this and I'm not even getting paid. If that's your attitude, don't even do it. Yeah. Like, don't even do it. It's not even worth it because that will feed into everyone that you're leading. So it's better to really say, you know, this is one of the ways that I worship God. You know, this is one of the ways that I really worship the Lord with my gifts and my talents. And the only person in control of your schedule is you. So I would just encourage you, if if God has called you there, let that be enough, okay? And if your schedule, if you start getting overloaded, maybe you're, you're just doing way too much, then you need to scale that back for sure. But you have to take ownership of that and don't give up. I mean, I, I really think um, a lot of the best training is, in being a volunteer, but God doesn't lead everyone to be a, a paid staff member. And one of the, the greatest gifts that I have at my campus is a, a guy who's been uh, with me from the very beginning when I started there, his name's Randy. He's not a paid staff member, but he has sincerely encouraged me on some of the hardest days over the last two years. And he has been such a gift to me and he has really kept me in the game. So you can be that for somebody else. So I just want you to know, like, what, whoever you are, whatever role you're in, and maybe you're not a paid staff member, you're adding value, you're making a difference, and what you're learning, you're going to be able to apply to so many different areas of your life. That's so good. good. Zach, I should ask that, man. And yeah, I'm so glad. If you're, if you're still listening past the scary stories, we're so glad you got to hear that. A bit of wisdom right there. So, there you go. Kenny, thank you so much for, for Thanks, joining. guys episode and connor you got anything else to say to the people man people i love you that's it that's deep that's all right it, well, thanks for tuning in we will uh see you in a week or two right so that's right awesome see you guys all right see ya